Thank you for listening to the Alliance Church Podcast. We desire to connect you with God and one another, whether here in Wisconsin or around the world. Let's listen into this week's message. So I tell you, just talking to my brother Musa, Pastor Musa there, um, over the last week when he was here, uh, Thursday, and then today, you realize um, what it costs people to go to church. Um, I don't know, you know, I, we have inconveniences. I'm, you know, being a new senior pastor here, I know that there's a long list of things that I think we should work on and improve on as a church. And you might have inconveniences too, come, you know, the parking lot being big or hard to get a spot or the music or the, the lights or the just different things. The ministry sign up didn't go good when you registered. I mean, there's all kinds of things that make it hard for us to do be church here. But when you talk to your brothers and sisters around the world, what it costs them to go to church, to be in church, in places like where Musa serves, it just right-sizes everything in your life as to really what this is about, who we're here for, and what it really means to sacrifice. And I'll tell you this, thank you so much for partnering financially with our ministry here. Um, what we do, so much of what you give toward goes out this building, it goes overseas. It's an incredible amount by comparison to most churches. It's, it's an enormous amount, that le- percentage that leaves here and blesses pastors like Musan around the world. And I just wanna say thank you. Uh, it, when things happen around the world, events sometimes, like what's happening in Ukraine, people will tell you, well, you can't comment on that unless you know, you're helping or unless you're a part of it. You can't. How, what gives you the right to speak about events like that? And I'll be honest with you, you can comment on it because you're a part of helping not just here, but around the world in places like Ukraine and in hard to reach places in the Middle East, you can comment because if you give a dollar to this place, if you serve or pray for the ministries here, you're a part of what's happening around the world and you're making a difference and contributing. So thank you for the ways that you as a church partner with Pastor Musa and our ministry globally. So I wanna start out just telling you, reminding you, uh, if you don't know me, you'll, you'll, um, you'll find out right now, I'll tell you the story of just what you're dealing with uh, when it comes to my competency level on home improvement and home repair and things that involve fixing stuff. If you don't know, you, I've told a few stories, but this one is, um, there's another one uh, that'll help you set context. Uh, I moved into my house in 2013, and uh, one of my dreams of owning, being a first-time homeowner, which is what I was in, in 2013, was to have Christmas lights on the house. You know, we lived in an apartment before. I couldn't do that. So I went to Menards, bought, an, uh, bought a um, Clark Griswold amount of Christmas lights <laughs> and set them on the driveway, uh, double mortgage the house to do, <laughs> pay for it all. And, uh, and so I, we did that. And, and like, if, I just want to give you the picture of what you're observing here in, in this little fiasco that unfolded. Just picture being like, I don't know, across the street, looking out the window, drinking coffee, watching me, watching me do this thing. The garage door opens, you see me come out, set everything up, whistling as I go. You know, I'm all excited, I got Christmas music listening, I'm listening to Christmas music, a thermos of hot chocolate. You're watching this, uh, this guy, me, set all this stuff up set up my fiberglass ladder, grab an arm full of lights, climb to the top of it, and only at that point did I realize my entire roof line is three feet above my highest reach. There's no way I'm getting any of these lights up there. <laughs> it took me till getting to the top of the ladder, and you're like, Brian, that's not even a home improvement thing. That's just being an idiot. And I'm like, I know. I don't even disagree with you. I just, it, for math, it's like, just like, I don't know, environmental awareness, 
I got to the top and I'm like, and you just see me, you know, look, <laughs> you see me climb down the ladder, put all the lights back in the garage, shut the garage door. And I never put Christmas lights up to this day. I have not even done it. I can't do it. I don't have a ladder big enough. That's, that's, the, that's the starting point of where I'm at. And, and it's that bad. So if you ever invite me to help you with anything in your house, help you break something, I'd be glad to do it, but I cannot fix anything. Uh, I don't know what it was like when you first walked into this church. If, for, if you're, maybe it's your first day and you're, you're having all kinds of thoughts and stuff. Uh, I don't know what it was like when you first got here, uh, however long you've been here. But you may have walked into a, a, a building like this or a, a campus like this. You walked into a ministry, lots of people, lots of moving parts, all kinds of people that seem to know where to go, leaders that know where to be. People, you know, teaching the Bible about stuff. You'd never read this thing before. And you're thinking, man, what contribution can I make? They don't even, do they, do they even need me here? I mean, there's no way I can contribute. I mean, what, what does my dollar go to a place like this or ministries with all over the world, like Pastor Musa and all the, the global impact they're making? They don't, they don't need me. And what can I even give? Well, we're going to open up the Bible this morning, and I want to read to you a couple verses from the book here. I want to read to you some of Scripture that, that completely disagrees with the idea that you individually don't really matter or make a difference in the kingdom and, and what God's doing around the world. And so um, if you don't like it, take it up with God because it's his words, not mine. So this is Romans chapter 12 is where we're gonna be. This is a book, it's actually a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And it's a very uh, dense book. Martin Luther was, uh, had a, you know, his kind of uh, really come to Jesus moment, if you will, through this book. This is a powerful and profound letter. You can read it. It's written to the common man, but I will tell you, it's got a lot of theology in every word. So we don't need a lot of passages to get a lot out of it. And this is in chapter 12. And I'm kind of everywhere when a book like this is so dense, diving into it, uh, you're, you're always going to be diving into a really dense context. But uh, we just, we just got to, I want to get a few out of the verses out of this book. So chapter 12, starting in verse 6. Paul writes this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. Uh, in another letter to another church in Corinth, Paul writes basically the same thing. He's talking about the, the gift is a grace. God gives it to you. In fact, he even says your gifts are given to you by God. So the first thing you have to hear about your contribution is that it's a gift. Ready for this? That God is the giver of. You're the receiver. So what that means is you don't get to pick. You don't get to pick it. If you're given a gift, you're just receiving it. God is the giver. So a couple things that come out of that. First is, is if you want to get to know your gift, you got to get to know God. And the primary way that God speaks and that God reveals himself is through his word. He's never going to tell you, whisper something to you that goes contrary to what he's already said 2,000, 4,000 years ago. This is his word. So you want to get to know your gift, you got to get to know God. And that's by design because God wants to have a relationship with you. You're not an employee of his. So even the task and the skills to do it that God's going to give you, the goal and the outcome of it, 
is that not only you connect other people in a relationship with him, but that he grows in a relationship with you. Your walk with God grows as you live out your gift. Second thing I want you to hear about God being the giver is that uh, as you discern it, as you read his word or you obey, you follow his leadership in your life, you walk into where he's moving and where he's at work, as you discover that gift, again, you're not picking it, you're discerning what it is. As you do that, you'll realize that God is a good gift giver. Uh, in our family, in every family, I think there's one who's a really good gift giver. In our family, it's undisputed that my dad is the ultimate gift giver. He's so good at gift giving. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of wild how good my dad is at gift giving. So one of the years, this is probably four or five years ago, I asked for um, headphones because I'm, as I work out, I want to be able to go on runs and, and uh, listen to podcasts or listen to books. And so I asked for headphones. But really what I said is, I just get me uh, gift cards and I'll buy it. I'll buy it for myself. So everybody did that except for my dad. Everybody got me gift cards and I went out and I bought the headphones I wanted and then we had staggered our opening up gifts with my parents because we my wife and I, we were going to her parents first. And so I, I bought the headphones I wanted with all the gift cards. I go back to my dad's place, open up this gift and it's headphones. And I'm like, Dad, I specifically told you. And he doesn't listen to a lot of people. And so he got me these headphones. But here's the thing. These headphones, now, they're kind of ubiquitous now, but at the time, they were relatively new. They don't go in your ear. You know, they kind of go near your ear so you can hear what's in them, but you can also hear the surrounding environment. So while I'm out on a run, I don't get smoked by a truck coming by or something because, you know, I get distracted or whatever. And, and you can hear everything, but you can also hear what the, you, you know what I'm talking about. They're kind of, again, they're everywhere. But at the time, they were relatively new. And my dad had studied for like a year as I was asking him for these things. He had studied what's out there, headphone-wise. He had, he had asked me, he'd asked me questions. Why do you want to use, what's the purpose? What's the goal? Why do you want to use those headphones? Why do you want headphones? Well, I want to work out. I want to be able to go for runs and listen to stuff. He had studied these two things, and over the course of a year, he put this together, and he got these headphones, and they're the only headphones I use now. And they're, they're, they're way better than what I even thought I needed. Why? Because my dad, he studied me. He studied, he studied what I needed. My dad's a good dad. Your heavenly father, he is nearer to you than you are to yourself. He knows you better than you know you. Why? Because he made you. Then he made the world that you live in. He made it. I mean, who knows you better than that? Because you're just an operator. You're just running your, the body God gave you. You're just operating it. You're maintaining it. You're keeping it up. But God, he made it. He's the engineer. He's the designer of it. Who knows more, the engineer or the guy that's operating it? The engineer, the guy who designed it. You, know, you don't want to pick your gift. You want to go in and ask God, what is it? Where is it? You want to discern that with him because he knows you better than you know you. And here's the other thing. When you get a gift like that, man, you just feel loved. You feel, you feel like someone really honored you and, and paid attention to your needs and what you need. When you live out the gift that God gives you and you, you open it and you kind of you look for him, to, he, you're going to see his love all over it. He loves you. He's, he delights in you. He cares about you. 
And lastly, it's a gift. You know what the Greek word is there for that word gift? Gift. It's a gift. It's like you love opening it. It's a joy. It brings a thrill. It brings happiness. It's not a burden. It's his gift for a reason. It's a gift. Now, then he goes on to unpack some of them. So these aren't, this isn't all of them. There are others, but he unpacks a few of them. And it it's in, uh, carries on in verse, the rest of verse 6 here. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Here's what we learn about these gifts. This, is, this is, might be the meat of today's message. It's really profound. Your gifts that you get are meant to be given away. Just think about that for a second. I mean, that's really, think about that. That's kind of not like most gifts, right? You, most gifts, you get a gift and you consume it. You just, it's yours. The gifts that God gives, the best gifts, are actually designed to cost you. They're, they're, they're going to expense you. You're going to be giving them away to other people and for other causes other than yourself. You want to have a meaningful life? Then become a means to an end. When your life is all about you and maximizing your own comfort, you'll never expend the gift. So this is, this is really what we're learning, is that your gift is not only meant to be given away. Your gift is enjoyed when it's given away. If you want to enjoy the gifts of God, you got to give it away. Now, look, I'm not saying that you serve, volunteer, give financially, whatever it is, whatever kind of sacrifice and contribution you give and make. I'm not saying you do that to fix yourself. Like, I want to be careful. Is that codependency thing where you need to be needed? That's, that's not in here. Um, but I will say this, there is something broken. There is something off. If your entire church experience or the lion's share of your church experience is you consuming, is you just taking, and then, you know, maybe you're going to wonder why you complain or why you're upset, because most of your church experience is not you getting involved in the mission or the vision and moving it and causing you to sweat a little bit, costing you a little bit, which is what your gift is when you open it up. If most of your church experience is just coming and, and consuming the Bible studies, the small groups, the ministries, the, the, the worship services, oh, you know what's going to happen is you're, you're going to walk out of here. You're going to be like, that was good. I mean, you're going to be like, that was good. It's part of it. There's going to be something here that goes, there's something more. There's something off. Something doesn't, I mean, it's good. I mean, I've been going, it's been good, but man, I feel like there's something missing still. Something just seems off. And then what happens when you don't deal with that, you just get, you, know, you kind of complain or you pick on stuff. But when you're involved, when you go both feet in, you're sacrificing, you're serving, even the stuff that maybe you don't like or that's hard, you see the bigger, the vision that we're all moving toward. You just, you're, you can push through it. You can go through it. Some of us have like gifts that God's handed you. And you're like, thank you. 
and then you've set it down. You haven't opened it. You're not even open. You're not even enjoying it. You know, this is a. Um, this might sound like a weird way to unpack this a little bit, but I just this is the case. If you've been around here long enough, as a ministry in ministry or as a leader in ministry, you've heard this before. And I, I've talked to people who give financially. I've talked to people who give time and and their energy to the church, and and. Usually, this is the progression that happens. At some point, this happens. I'll, I'll go back to when I was a youth pastor and I had uh, small group leaders in our Wednesday night youth ministry. They would, they would, I'd be, at the end of the night, I'd be cleaning up with them. We'd be putting stuff away and they would inevitably say, thank you to me. I said, well, you're saying thank you to me for it. You're the one that's, sir, you're the one that, you have a, I know your job. You've got a demanding career. You have a, a, a busy home life, and you're here on a Wednesday night for like three hours working on stuff, and you're thanking me? You're not, I get paid. You don't even get paid. And they're, and they're like, no, thank you. And then they begin to unpack it, and inevitably, this is the story. They say something like, you know, it was 3 p.m., 4 p.m. The workday was ending today. And I realize it's a Wednesday night, and I got to go to church. And I got to burn through three hours and herd cats and these middle schoolers and they're going to throw stuff at me. And I'm going to get sweaty and they're going to get sweaty and they're going to smell. And then I'm going to have to tell them to be quiet and listen and pay attention. And we're going to just, and then we're going to try and get it through a small group and the questions I got to ask them about the Bible and work through it. And then they're not going to listen to me and then we're going to pray and it's all going to be over and I'm going to be exhausted. I really could use the night off. It's been a long week. The best way I could describe what they tell me in that moment is this emoji. This is what's in their gut. And maybe it's in your gut when you think about giving. When you think about serving, it's just that face. You know? This is my number one most used emoji. So I don't know what that tells you about my life. But that is the feeling. And inevitably, by the end of the night, God has done something. And they're thankful they didn't say no. They're thankful they didn't say yes to that face. And so here's what I want you to do. This is will help. This will help you. When you sign up to serve, when you when you set up your, your giving to, to the church financially to do that, and you decide to do it and you set it up so it's every Sunday or whatever you want to do, or you just click it, that's gonna happen. There's gonna be something that's gonna happen, and I want you to say good. I want you to go good. The moment you feel that emoji, the moment you feel that, you know you're right across the border from God helping you open your gift. You're going to give. Everything God gives you is a gift. Everything. Your time, your energy, your money. It's all a gift. You didn't earn it. You, can, you didn't. You didn't you can, whatever you thought you used to earn it, God gave you. So it's, it's a gift. And every time you give a gift that God gave you and you give it back, to what he's doing around the world or here for the gospel. Every time you're going to feel that, good. That means you're about to open up a gift. Every time. The last thing I want to point out here actually goes back two verses. It's the context for everything we just read. Everything we just read goes back two verses. This is, this is what the whole gift conversation uh, is underneath. Ready for this? It's verse 4. We started in verse 6. I'm going to go back two verses. Verse 4, for just as each one of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Others' gifts 
other people's gifts in this church, they're meant to be received by other people in the church. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that we're not, as a church, called to be a blessing to people who are spiritually undecided or who will never become Christians. Absolutely. We started a Hope Clinic, if you know about that, and they serve people regardless of what they believe about God. It doesn't matter. We are, we're called to go and love and bless people and serve people who are not, who are, who are, they would consider far from God. They would say that. In fact, Christians are supposed to be, according to scripture, they're supposed to be the people that love their enemies and bless their enemies. So that means we should be making a list of all the people that consider us enemies, and then on the other side of the paper, all their needs and figuring out how to meet them. That should be the church, is we're to call to bless and love people who would self-admittedly say they're far from God. But the gifts are also for each other. I mean, what else are we inviting people into when we invite them to follow Jesus and become a part of the church, the family of God? I mean, it should be a family of rich, selfless love for one another. So here's what this means. And this might be where the sermon takes a hard right turn and you're like, well, I'm out. Here's the the thing. Sometimes for some of us, the hardest part about the gifts and, the, and talking about the idea that you have a contribution to make, sometimes the hardest part about this is recognizing that we need to let other people in the church use their gifts on us. You know, sometimes, I'm, I'm gonna be transparent, sometimes I've found myself trying to get real busy at serving other people because I didn't want to let other people know where I needed help. I could, you can hide your needs and your, the, the things you need from other people, your struggles, behind a lot of ministry work and doing a lot of stuff for other people. You can do that if you want. Some of us may be the busiest. Sometimes, sometimes we try to get so busy to almost conceal that, not just from others, but even from ourselves, to deal honestly with the fact that we need help. The, the, the gifts are meant not just for people outside the church, but they're meant to serve one another. And here's the deal. If you only use your gift to serve and give, and you never let anybody else open up their gift and enjoy their gift by serving you, by letting them into an area of need and, and struggle in your life, then you're a gift hog. Right? I mean, that's what it is. You're just a gift hog. You're just opening up your gifts and you're not letting anybody else enjoy your gift to the degree that you're willing to give the church access to a need in your life, a struggle in your life, a place you need help is the degree to which you bless somebody else to enjoy their gift. I, this is, that's the, that may be for some of us the, the place where this is difficult. You know, this is... Um, this, this whole topic is a tension. And, and there are a lot of tensions in the Bible. One of the, one of the more famous tensions that you might know, if you've been in church long enough, you might know this, that Jesus Christ, when he came to earth, he, is both, he was both fully God, 100% God, fully God, and fully human. He got thirsty, he uh, got hungry, he had to grow up, 
He had to go through adolescence. He had to, he had to go through and grow in wisdom and stature, it even says. He had to somehow, he had to be fully human and chose to submit to the human stuff of being, you know, dependent on food and water and, and shelter and all those things. Having pain, oxygen to breathe or else his heart. I mean, that's how he died on the cross. He was fully human. And yet he's fully God. How those how those come together. And I'll give you an example, another one. God is fully sovereign. He's, he's not, he has a, not only knows what the future holds and knows what's going on now, but he has a say in it. He's sovereign over it. He's not playing tennis with evil, just reacting. That's a scary idea that God is somehow just reacting to everything. No, he's got a say in it. And yet, and yet, we're responsible for sin. We have to apologize. We have to ask him for forgiveness. Let me tell you something. You don't have to ask for forgiveness for things that happened to you. No, no, no. You did something. Somehow you made a choice. When we, when we sin, we make a choice and we have to ask for forgiveness. And yet God's sovereign. We're not robots. And yet God's sovereign. I don't know how it all works out. Can I give you another one? If you leave here today and you think to yourself that the church and God's vision for this church and God's, God's expansion of the good news of grace and forgiveness of the cross. If, if you walk out of here today and think that somehow that's held back because you're not involved or that God is somehow contingent on you serving or stepping up and being a leader and using your gift, then I've taught this wrong. I've taught it wrong because the reality is, is Jesus even says, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. But if you leave today and you think your contribution doesn't matter, it doesn't make a difference at all whether you give, whether you serve, with what Musaf's doing overseas, with what we're doing globally, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. If you leave today and that's what you think, somehow I've taught this wrong. It matters. It makes an impact. Every single ligament in the body matters. And if you don't think a ligament or a part of the body doesn't matter, what part would you be willing to go without? I mean, what part would you give up? None of it. Look, I broke my pinky toe once. I did. And it was the, it's the only bone I've ever broken in my life. And I'll tell you what, my whole body knew it. My whole body knew that pinky toe was down. It's, have you ever, it's, it's like a little shard of glass just in there. It's, oh, it hurts so bad. Every, it's all I could think about. For weeks, it's the pinky toe. Every part of the body matters. Every ligament matters. And if you leave here thinking you can just, nice sermon, but I'm out. I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to flip it. So most of my relationship with the church is giving and opening up my gifts if you leave here today and you think it doesn't matter, we've taught it wrong. And look, look that's what's at stake. Your joy, your, your contentment, your satisfaction. I mean, you've been able to look back on your life and know it was worth it. I mean, the pain of, of giving, the pain of what you have to say no to financially, to say yes to, to be a part of what we're doing here and around the world financially. The pain of your agenda having to be set aside so on Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights or Sunday mornings you're serving here. The pain of that is real. There's no question about it. But it is infinitely less than the pain 
of getting to the end of your life, whenever that day is, and you realizing it, looking back, and you left the gift wrapped under that tree. Open the gift. Uh, in, in full transparency with you, I'm gonna just share this. I, if you don't think your gift's important, if you don't think it matters, it was about five years ago, five, five six years ago, I, I, was, I got into a, a, a not a good place in my heart. I was in ministry here. I was serving, and God was doing stuff. I mean, I was, God was working in my life. I was doing some stuff, but I got into this weird funk. And you know, it's, when the heart goes sideways, it doesn't tell you. <laughs> It just deceives you. You don't know it's happening. You're frustrated, you're upset at stuff, and you can't figure out why. And I was going through this season where I was kind of cranky. I was kind of, I was, I was frustrated. I thought it was something God was doing, or I thought it was something going on in my life. I was blaming it on other things. And so I was praying, I was talking to God about it, and I was just frustrated. And I didn't know what it was. Because that's how it is. When the heart deceives you, you're being deceived. That's what the Bible says. The heart is deceitful above all else. So you don't know it's happening. But God in his grace, I was praying. I was actually on a run. I was praying through this. And I was, I was expressing to God my frustrations. And it centered around, I wanted more influence. I wanted more, I know it sounds disgusting just saying that out loud. I wanted to make a bigger impact. I wanted to do more. I wanted, to give, I wanted more authority. I wanted more say in things. And, and again, I, I wouldn't have told you that if, as the problem unless if I, you would ask me because I didn't know. You know, I was kind of, I thought it was something else. But when I really got down to it, that's what my problem was. Was just, I wanted more impact. I wanted more authority, more say in the, in the church and what God was doing. It was that ugly. And as I was realizing this, God was speaking and he speaks through his word. He brought back a, a, mem- a verse to my memory. And it was here in... Uh, in, in Luke, chapter th- Luke chapter three, this is John the Baptist. John's saying, but one who is more powerful than I will come, come after me. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. John the Baptist is saying, Jesus is coming, his ministry's next, and I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. And God was telling me, Bri, you're not even worthy to do the smallest task you could think of for me. And he wasn't telling me that to like put me in my place. He was telling me that because he loves me because he's saying, Brian, everything I give you is important, not because of what it is, but because of who gives it to you. I mean, just think for a second. If the most important person in your business, if they called you and they said, listen, I need you to do this for me today. I need you to do this. I know it seems small, but I need you to do it. If the most important person in the country you can think of or in, their, in, in your industry, they called you and they say, listen, I need you to do something. If the president calls you and asks you to do something, you'd say, who, how'd you get this number? And then you'd say, then you'd say, okay, I'll do, and you'd go and do that thing. And you'd, at that moment, you might say, I'm the most important person in the country right now. Because not because of the task, but because of who's asking you to do it. Listen, listen to me this morning. The king of the universe has called you. He's called you to do something. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how much money it is. It doesn't matter how much time it is. It's important because the king of the universe, God himself, has called you to do it. And he's equipped you to do it. And the question is, what are you going to say back? Unwrap that gift. Say yes to God. It's that important. 
I want to end with this. The, the band's going to come out. We're going to sing in a moment. And I just, I want to remind you of one other place in the Bible where Jesus talks about his body as, an anal- as a metaphor. You know, we're right now talking about the church as a metaphor of the body of Christ. But there's one other spot he does it. And it's at the Last Supper. He takes some bread. He breaks it. And he says, this is my body, which will be broken. This is my body. Take, eat, and then do this in remembrance of me. And when he says that, everyone thinks he's talking about bread, and he is. There's bread involved. But what he's really talking about is is you and breaking your life. Do this. This. Do this. Break your life. Not just bread. Come on. let's, let's, Let's remember, it's not always just about bread. It's about your life. The bread's a symbol. Break your life. If you're going to be a part of the body of Christ spiritually on earth today, Christ's body is being broken for others, for the world, for each other. It's brokenness. And you'll never be able to do that unless you do it, as he says, in remembrance of his life broken for you. There's, a, there's so many people that know intellectually that Jesus broke himself for them, but they don't know in their heart that God, that Jesus broke himself for you, for you. Not just you, but you and you and you. He broke his life for you. And they know intellectually that like, they don't have to worry about their eternity. They don't have to worry about their job. They don't have to worry about their kids. They don't have to worry about this stuff. They can trust God with that. You can trust God with that. They know it up here, but they don't know it down here. And the degree to which you know that in your heart, in your core, that God's got it. He can take care of it. The degree to which you know that here is the degree to which you can go and serve and give your life away because you know he gave you his. Let's stand as we take some time to reflect and remember that together. I'm gonna pray and then let's take take a minute. Lord, we're just gonna spend a few short minutes here just reflecting on what you have done in the past. And so Lord, I pray that as we think about what you've done in the past in our lives, on the cross, what you did for us, I pray we would think about the future. We would think about where we're going, the challenges ahead, and they would get small behind the picture of how much you give us and how much you supply us with. So Lord, we love you, we give our life to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.